I had always loved working as a park ranger at Shenandoah National Park. The beauty and tranquility of the park made it an extraordinary place to spend my days. One evening, my colleague and friend, Mark, and I were assigned to investigate a fence breach alarm. Park rangers often had to deal with a variety of potential hazards, and the alarm could signal anything from a fallen branch to a dangerous animal or even criminal activity. As Mark and I headed towards the fence, we speculated about what could have caused the breach. When we arrived at the scene, we found a massive tear in the fence, as if something enormous had burst through it. We exchanged nervous glances, knowing this was no ordinary situation. We decided to wait for backup before venturing further. As we stood there, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I spotted a large, muscular, wolf-like creature entering the park through the breach. I nudged Mark and pointed towards the creature. It appeared to challenge us, grinning menacingly, and its eyes locked onto ours. My heart pounded in my chest as we realized that we were dealing with something we had never encountered before. Before we could react, the creature lunged at Mark, who tried to fend it off with his flashlight. It swiped at him with a clawed paw, leaving a deep gash on his arm. Mark cried out in pain, and I struggled to find my voice to call for help. But, as quickly as it had attacked, the creature turned and walked away, leaving me shaken and terrified. My friend was unconscious. I tried to wake him up. He didn't move. His heart stopped beating. The encounter left me with the unnerving feeling that we had seen something not of this world. I agreed never to share the story, fearing disbelief and ridicule from my peer. The memory of that night haunted me, and I couldn't shake the feeling that the creature was still out there, lurking in the shadows of Shenandoah National Park. During a field school in northern Alabama, we lived in a tent city situated in a patch of woods at the top of a bluff overlooking a slough off the Tennessee River. We had those old-fashioned military-style frame tents and cots. Pretty cushy camping, relatively speaking, but if you're going to live in a tent for six weeks, it might as well be comfortable. We'd hear coyotes at night and see coppermouths and water moccasins on the regular. But nothing was as terrifying as the nighttime thunderstorms. I normally love a good storm, but I've never been as scared as I was that summer when the storms would come through and the wind would whip across the cow pastures and hit the patch of woods we were in. The trees would go nuts, bending nearly in half, branches falling, thunder cracking every five seconds. And all I could do was slam a couple of beers in the hopes I'd pass out quick so I wouldn't have to lay there sweating it out, crossing my fingers. A tornado wouldn't spin up or a tree wouldn't land on me in the middle of the night, completely at the mercy of Mother Nature. A couple of times we did have to evacuate the tents and go down to the cave at the bottom of the cliff. We made it through that summer, mostly, unscathed. But two years later, the entire camp, including the open-sided two-story mess hall slash field lab and most of the trees in the camp area, got completely flattened by straight-line winds. I saw the pictures and got chills thinking about what could have happened if there had been people actively working there at the time. Growing up in the Appalachian region of North Alabama, and as a Boy Scout who spent lots of time in the woods, I heard plenty of stories of cryptids, be it Bigfoot, Skinwalkers, or whatever else, if it's a supernatural being. 
said to dwell anywhere in the southeastern United States, I probably heard about it. I never loved being alone in the woods at night. It was always slightly off-putting. Sometimes I felt like I was being watched. But I did love the outdoors. When I was a Boy Scout, probably 12, 13 years old, we camped at a campsite on the shore of a lake in northeast Alabama. It was July at the time, and it was the sweltering hot that only Southerners can relate to. It was so hot that I was laying in only my underwear on top of my sleeping bag at 11 p.m., sweating. I couldn't sleep, so I decided to go sit by the embers of the fire we had earlier that evening. I went out, and about five of my friends are also sitting around the fire for essentially the same reason. I went and sat with them, and we talked for several minutes. There was a two, three-mile hiking loop up and down a nearby mountain that we decided to hike because we were all bored and couldn't sleep. We notified an adult and started our journey, just us guys hiking up a mountain in the middle of nowhere at 11 at night. It is important to note that there is a small ditch running parallel to the trail, presumably for water drainage. The whole way up, part way up, I thought I heard rustling very near us, so I stopped and shined my flashlight around, seeing nothing and presuming it was some animal. This happened twice more before I stopped everyone, and was like, do you hear that? Several didn't hear it, but a couple did. So theorizing that we were being followed, we stopped for like 15 seconds and shine our flashlights around to see if we could spot whatever we thought was tailing us. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. My sixth sense was going crazy, and I felt like someone was for sure watching us. Then we heard it, clear as day. In the close vicinity of us, probably within 15 feet, a young girl cackled. I immediately spun around to see if anyone else had heard it, and the two cross-country runners were already sprinting back the way we came. Well, I'm 14, so I've got no time for logical thinking. I just know I'm not going to be the last in the race for survival, and I take off after them. Boy, when I tell you I had never run so fast in my life. We sprint about three-slash-fourth of a mile on a dirt trail down a mountain in the dark, nearly leaving behind the highish, functioning special member on the group and rendezvous at the camp. We were all super shook. I knew it was none of us. I was standing closest to the noise, and it was on the other side of the group from us, and I knew no one in the group could make that noise. It was a lot more coarse and gritty and authentic sounding than I think any of us could have made. We went and fetched an adult who, of course, did not believe us at first, but we were so shook that he ended up leading an expeditionary group back up the trail, consisting of the braver parts of the expeditionary group, including myself and several adults. We barely get on the trail before we see a silhouette on the dark. I turn on my heel to book it before the light illuminates it, and it's old Mr. Merkel, a mid-fifty scout leader and auto mechanic in our group who starts laughing and clapping so hard that I thought he'd pass out. He tells us that he climbed in that ditch all the way up with us and made the noise to scare us. He absolutely fooled me, and that was the night that I lost my man card. So a group of friends and I hiked up into a wooded mountain on an overnight backpacking trip. During the hike in, it was drizzling rain and very foggy. 
Fast forward to around midnight, I'm awoken by my friend opening my tent in a panic, telling me we have to get out of here. Confused and still half asleep, I ask what's going on. There's lights approaching. More than one. Remember, we're in the middle of nowhere. Not a campsite. There should be no one else around for literally miles. Another friend grabs an axe out of sheer confusion. Some of us start trying to pack out stuff to leave. At this point, we're thinking it's some sort of death cult coming to use us for their blood sacrifice. We're miles away from our cars, up steep embankments of mossy boulders. Not an easy hike out, especially at midnight. The lights keep getting closer and becoming more and more. Finally, someone goes, Hold on, are those lights actually getting closer? The fog continues to gradually lift and we see that there are actually hundreds of lights and they're not moving at all. Some more time passes and we finally confirmed that it was just lights from a town miles away off in the distance. They were never moving, only appearing to get closer and brighter because the fog was clearing. Because we were all in a panic and half asleep, we never really stopped to confirm any of this info and we all felt like idiots. My buddy's mom was hiking alone on a mountain trail in Utah. The way she tells it, she was coming around a bend in the woods when, ahead of her up a hill, she saw a girl sliding down the hill towards the trail. Before the girl reached the bottom, she disappeared inexplicably. The girl never made any sound, but her facial expression made it look like she was screaming. This spooked my buddy's mom, so she left. When she got home, she told my friend the story and they googled deaths in the area. They were going over headshots when she stopped him and pointed to a picture she swore was the girl from the trail. It linked to an article of a rock slide on the trail she was hiking two years earlier. A few years back, I was in Costa Rica volunteering for a sea turtle conservative project way out in the middle of nowhere. We were on the coast, but we were probably 40. 50 miles from the nearest village. Anyway, we collecting turtle eggs and reburying them in a protected part of the beach so poachers couldn't take them. The protected part of the beach was a few hundred yards from our camp and it had to be watched 24-7. One of the other volunteers and I were assigned the 1 a.m., 7 a.m. shift. So it's about 2.45 a.m. and I'm sitting there in the jungle watching. The protected are of the beach while reading Lord of the Rings, and all of a sudden a red dot pops up on my chest, like the kind of dot you'd see if someone was pointing a laser at you. The other volunteer was asleep in the chair next to me. I looked around, sat perfectly still, and after about 30 seconds the dot disappeared, and after about 30 seconds the dot disappeared, and I never found out where it came from. As a cop, my experience with the supernatural was very limited to a few traumatizing encounters with demons that left me with a deep fear for life. However, this particular account is told by a friend of mine who was a fellow officer in a small town in Minnesota, and this was back when he was a rookie on patrol. One night, he told me about an incident where they were dispatched to a call at a local residence. He said that upon arrival, his sergeant spotted somebody running through the backyard of the house. It wasn't until they got closer did they see a black figure dashing into a nearby grove of trees. They radioed dispatch for backup, cautiously approaching the grove with guns drawn, ready to shoot on sight as assuming it was a suspect trying to escape. As they got closer, a faint moaning sound broke the silence 
which caused him and my partner to freeze in their tracks, where they heard a thud followed by a loud crack of a branch breaking. He looked back at his partner, who simply shrugged as my friend slowly pushed forth the trees. He saw an apparition that gave him goosebumps even though it wasn't cold outside. A stout humanoid creature began to emerge from behind a tree not more than twenty feet away, quickly making its way towards a clearing with a full moon, causing them to see a silhouette of it against the moonlight. He said that what he saw was this hulking black figure with chalk-white skin and a bald head with no ears or nose or really much features at all, but could sense a deep malice emanating from this thing. All my friend could think about was his family as he slowly reached for his firearm until something slammed into him, knocking him over onto the ground. What grabbed hold of him wasn't human. It had a hand around his neck which seemed gnarled and leathery, except its fingers were three times longer. The only way he described these demon hands gripping around his neck is that it felt like being a victim of a boa constrictor, and it would only tighten its grip to the point where you would die from lack of oxygen. He also explained that he could see a mouthful of razor teeth opening up as if ready to bite his head off, but thank God for a police siren that caused this thing to release him and vanish. And my friend explained that what happened next was even more bizarre than the attack itself. One car showed up while the nether approached from a different direction with her lights turned on shining directly into where this figure ran and vanished. After a brief investigation and questioning, they declared it a false alarm. My friend said that a couple of months after this encounter, the local sheriff passed away due to a sudden heart attack, despite being a very healthy man in the prime of his life. He told me that he later found out years later that a strange police officer was picked up back then, who claimed he saw a monster dressed in police uniform before committing self-harm shortly after his arrest under mysterious circumstances. Now, when he made the claim of monster, I'm assuming he meant as an individual, not an actual monster. He said this happened at a time where strange people camping in the Sedona backcountry in a canyon. We camped up on a bluff, flash flood dangers, and it started thunderstorming in the middle of the night. No one else in the canyon and definitely wouldn't be where we were in a thunderstorm. Heard something calling out in the middle of the night for what I assume was a dog or another person. Looking back, there was no way in hell. There would have been someone where the voice was coming from, and it didn't sound like English. It was also very loud. Considering the rain and thunder, we heard it crystal clear. It was weird as F. And then I watched The Missing 411 on Netflix, about two months after the incident, completely forgetting about it. Well, there is a scene tapped in the 70s from some hunters in the remote wilderness and it was the same sound. I literally started having a panic attack and crying and had to explain to my husband why I was freaking out. My husband and I did a 17-mile backpacking trip in southern Colorado in the Uncompahgre National Forest. There are a bunch of old mines along the trail. We read in a hiking book or online somewhere that there were some people that are pretty territorial of the mines and we shouldn't hike back into them. First afternoon we set up camp in a valley and pretty soon a helicopter was hovering over us and kept coming back and circling us. We were about nine miles in at that point and were totally freaked out. The helicopter was white and had no markings at all. 
We convinced ourselves it was a dangerous gang, and they were protecting their gold. Woke up to something very big sniffing my tent. It was right at the door, and I could see a large silhouette with the moonlight in the background. I yelled out and grabbed a gun and a flashlight as I heard it running off. I quickly unzipped my tent and saw it was a black bear. Ironically, I solo camp in a Kodiak canvas tent. Needless to say, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I sat on a folding chair in my tent with my 12-gauge and pistol in my lap. When the sun came up, I drove an over an hour to civilization and bought the brightest area light I could find that my solar generator could run all night. Four nights later, with my new light shining, I saw another bear walk approach my camp. It stood on its hind legs on the edge of where the area light shone. I quickly shined my flashlight at it. It snorted and it took off. Afghanistan's desert landscape sprawled before us, a harsh and unforgiving terrain. I was part of a group of us Marines stationed at Bagram Airfield, carrying out our deployment with unwavering dedication. But little did we know that the blood-red moon would bring forth an unimaginable nightmare. Under the eerie lunar glow, strange occurrences began to unfold. Shadows danced menacingly and whispers echoed through the night air. Unease settled over our camp like a heavy fog, and we knew something was amiss. It wasn't long before our worst fears materialized. A cryptid born of nightmares and folklore emerged from the darkness. Its grotesque form seemed to blend with the moonlight, exuding an aura of malevolence. As it prowled the base, chaos and carnage followed in its wake. We were thrust into a battle against an enemy we could barely comprehend. A creature that thrived in the unholy light of the blood. Red Moon. Cut off from reinforcements, we fought with every ounce of strength and skill we possessed. Yet the cryptid's power seemed otherworldly, defying conventional warfare tactics. Its speed and ferocity were unmatched, tearing through our ranks with merciless precision. Each encounter was a struggle for survival, a desperate bid to protect ourselves and our comrades. As the nights wore on, we grew weary but refused to surrender. Our camaraderie and unwavering determination became our strongest weapons. We devised strategies, exploiting the creature's vulnerabilities, and fought with a resilience born from the desire to protect one another and return home alive. But as the moon continued to cast its sinister glow, casualties mounted and hope began to wane. Fear threatened to consume us. Yet we pushed forward, knowing that defeat was not an option. We dug deep within ourselves, drawing strength from our training, our love for our country, and the unwavering bond forged in the crucible of combat. In a climactic final showdown, we mustered all our remaining strength and launched a relentless assault. Explosions thundered, gunfire echoed, and blood stained the desert sand. And finally, against all odds, we emerged victorious. Cryptid lay defeated, its reign of terror brought to an end. We stood amidst the remnants of the battlefield, a bittersweet triumph etched on our weary faces. We had faced an unimaginable adversary, an entity that defied reason and challenged our very existence. Our resolve had been tested, and we had emerged stronger. As we surveyed the aftermath, 
we realized the magnitude of what we had encountered. Our fight against the cryptid beneath the blood, red moon, had been a battle that extended beyond the physical realm. It was a testament to the indomitable spirit of the human soul, the unwavering resilience of those who serve, and the unbreakable bond of brotherhood that binds Marines together. We returned to our base, forever changed by the horrors we had witnessed. The memory of that blood-red moon and the cryptid that emerged beneath it would forever haunt our dreams. But as we moved forward, scarred but not broken, we carried with us the knowledge that we had stared into the face of darkness and emerged victorious. And in doing so, we became legends whispered among the ranks, a testament to the courage of those who walk the path of the Marine. My experience has been Pacific Northwest, mostly. Some Alaska, Montana, New Mexico. Lightning storms above the tree line are fun and remind me of how small and insignificant I am. A windstorm with sustained winds of 70 miles per hour in January in northern Idaho made us move camp at 2 a.m. to the middle of a meadow so trees wouldn't get us. A couple times bears in camp. First time I was six, mom shot it. The last time was in Northeaser, Oregon with my eight and six-year-old. It scared me worse with my kids. Didn't have to shoot it. One night in Arkansas and another in Idaho wolves hung around my fire. Met a grizzly heading the opposite direction on a trail in Montana. He kept to the trail. We didn't. The weirdest was hearing several somethings outside our tent on the shores of Duck Lake in the Wallowas in northeast Oregon one night. It was several things jabbering at the same time that made the hair stand up. At that point, I'd had probably 40 years in the woods. No idea what I heard. My buddy had no idea either. Heard a couple times the next couple days around the lake at different times, but not as close as the first night. I'm kinda embarrassed to say I eventually googled Bigfoot noises. Found one that sounded similar, and that to this day still makes my hair stand up. Still not prepared to say that's what I heard. All in all, around 60 years backpacking, white water rafting, hunting, fishing, mountains climbing, backcountry skiing. So really, most trips nothing too scary too often. Now some backcountry self-inflicted stupidity is another story. I was camping, and it was bedtime, and I was in my tent, reading with my headlamp. I noticed a faint buzzing sound. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me in the silence. Then my headlamp started to flicker once or twice and it completely died. Well, that's weird because my batteries were recently changed and the light didn't really dim or get more faint. Flicked once or twice and went completely out. Didn't think much of it, went to bed. The next evening I went to test my headlamp to replace the battery and it worked great. No issues. I again read my book in my tent on night two and noticed the lack of buzzing sound that I heard the night before. I have no idea what it was, but I have to assume the buzzing and light dying were related. It was very strange. I totally understand if no one believes this, because we are still unsure of what the F happened, but we sat down and came to a consensus on the events. 
and all agreed we witnessed the same thing. Me and three buddies were hiking Thursday through Friday in San Bernardino National Forest. Various trails, mostly the known ones and mostly during the day. Friday, we were making our way to Clark's Summit. As we were walking, one by one, we noticed that we were veering off the trail. I asked my friend in front of me why he was going off the trail, and he asked our friend who was in front of him the same thing. Friend in front told us I can hear a woman talking. You guys don't hear that. We didn't hear anything. We tried to convince her to leave it be, because it was already kind of dark, and we were close to where we wanted to set up camp on the trail. The friend in front is female, and insisted that what she heard sounded like a female calling for help, and that she sounded really close, so I think she felt inclined to investigate a possible female in distress, while we were totally okay with going about our business. Okay, I get a bit spooked now because she's absolutely serious and we absolutely could not hear whatever she was hearing. Here's where it got weird. We only ventured off the trail about 300-400 meters, yet at one point we were completely lost. We don't have any fancy gear or GPS stuff because we've never needed it, but we've been on this trail enough to know we hadn't gone far. Yet, we couldn't find the trail in any direction after waking for about 15-20 minutes. I started to feel weird kind of dizzy slash lightheaded, and when I mentioned this, the other two said they felt weird as well. It was like something had changed the environment around us, or moved us somehow to another location. I had no idea which way to go, and now it was fully dark. My female friend said the woman's voice had said, I'm over here and please help me. She said it sounded like she was hurt crying. So here we are, somehow lost, after only walking for about 20 minutes off a large trail because my friend is hearing voices. We decided to stop walking in any direction, because the last thing you want to do at night is get even more lost. We had two tents and sleeping bags in our packs, so we found a clearing and set up. We figured once the sun was out, we'd easily find our way back to the trail. Before we could even lay down to rest, I noticed a tree near us was moving as if something was climbing it. It was really dark and I wear glasses, so I really struggled to see. So I really struggled to see, so I called them over to see. I thought it was an animal at first, but it wasn't an animal. It wasn't anything. I could see the outline of what roughly looked like a human shape, but it was transparent, like completely see-through. The best way I can describe it is the way heat waves look on the pavement in the summer, you know, that wavy-slash-liquid effect. They saw it too, my male buddy said what the F are we looking at when he finally spotted it. They all said the same thing, it was transparent, but still visible due to the foliage around it being displaced and moving as it moved. We all just stood stone still whispering theories back and forth as to what we thought we were seeing. I thought maybe it was some kind of optical illusion, but they both immediately jumped to aliens of course. The thing just sat there, perched on a large branch about 50 feet up. It's like it was watching us watch it. The other oddity is that after staring at this thing for about ten minutes, we noticed all the normal forest sounds we heard prior had stopped completely. I mean, the only noise was us talking, and the leaves under our feet. The hairs on my neck stood up, and I had goosebumps all over when I realized this, like something was truly wrong. After about ten minutes of us standing there, Whatever this thing was started to climb up the tree even more, until we could no longer see it all. We approached the base of the tree slowly, 
and walked around in a circle with our necks craned up, trying to see this thing. It was too dark, and the trees were too close for us to see the top. We didn't hear it jump to another tree, so we assumed it was still up there. We were all too spooked, obviously, to camp right underneath whatever this was, so we gathered our shit and started walking towards the moon. I shit you not, after about five minutes of walking, we were back on the trail. I literally dropped my bag and said what the F out loud. We all stood there confused, looking around trying to confirm what we were seeing. My buddy likes to joke and said maybe we walked through some hallucinogenic spores and had imagined all of that. I highly doubt that, but whatever happened it seemed kind of, I guess, predatory. Like it seems like something was luring us or trying to confuse us. My friend still thinks we were messing with her about not hearing the woman she claimed to hear. Was it that thing we saw imitating a woman? How did we get lost so close to the trail? This was easily the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in the wilderness. We still don't have a good theory as to what we saw. It may not have been an alien, but whatever it was, it was humanoid and was 100% transparent. Somehow, and able to climb a really large tree with ease without making much noise. I would love to hear any theories about what this may have been. Has anyone else seen anything like this in the woods? Superior National Forest sprawled before me, a majestic expanse of wilderness in Minnesota. Towering pines stretched as far as the eye could see, their lush green canopies forming a protective ceiling over the forest floor. Sunlight filtered through the leaves, casting dappled patterns on the ground, and the air carried the intoxicating scent of pine needles and earth. This was my domain, and as a seasoned park ranger named Marco, it was my duty to safeguard this natural haven. When I wasn't patrolling the trails or guiding visitors, I found solace in my other passion music. In my free time, I strummed my guitar and belted out old rock and roll tunes, the sound echoing through the trees as if they were my captive audience. It was a source of tranquility in an otherwise demanding job. One fateful morning, rumors began to circulate among the local community that a lumberjack company had been illegally felling trees deep within the heart of the forest. As a dedicated protector of nature, this news sent a shiver down my spine. I embarked on a mission to investigate these claims, leaving no stone unturned in my pursuit of justice. My journey led me deep into the woods, where the emerald green canopy above me grew thicker, casting long shadows upon the forest floor. And there, amidst the towering giants, I discovered the evidence of unlawful logging. The stumps of felled trees scarred the landscape, and the sense of betrayal gnawed at my heart. The forest had been violated, its beauty marred by greed. Little did I know that my discovery would mark the beginning of a series of inexplicable events. The forest seemed to come alive, its inhabitants behaving strangely. Animals that once roamed peacefully now displayed erratic and unnerving behavior, their eyes gleaming with an otherworldly intensity. I witnessed plants mutating into grotesque forms, twisted and distorted, as if reflecting the corruption that had invaded their sanctuary. Even the weather turned against me. Skies once serene and clear now darkened with thunderous clouds unleashing tempests of wind and rain. It was as if the very elements were rebelling against the violation inflicted upon this sacred land. 
Driven by an unrelenting curiosity, I delved into the archives of the park's library, poring over old documents that revealed a haunting truth. The forest was not merely a victim of illegal logging, but a battleground for ancient elemental forces. The delicate balance between nature's elements had been disrupted, and chaos ensued as a result. With each page I turned, a sense of urgency grew within me. The fate of the forest, and perhaps the world, rested upon my shoulders. I had to navigate the ever-increasing danger and restore balance before nature's wrath consumed everything. Armed with newfound knowledge, I ventured deeper into the forest, confronting the enigmatic forces that held sway over this realm. The elemental powers manifested in terrifying displays, threatening to overwhelm me at every turn. But I pressed on, fueled by my love for this land and my unwavering commitment to its preservation. As I faced the wrath of these ancient entities, an idea began to form in my mind, a desperate gamble for the salvation of the forest. I sought out the elemental force that seemed to wield the most influence, standing before it with a mixture of fear and determination. With a trembling voice, I made a promise that echoed through the woods, a vow to protect the forest from the encroachment of lumberjacks and those who would exploit its resources. To my astonishment, the elemental force hesitated. It seemed to sense the sincerity in my words, the genuine love I held for this place. And in that moment, a fragile truce was formed. As I emerged from the depths of the forest, a renewed sense of purpose filled my heart. The bizarre phenomena gradually subsided, and the forest began to heal. Animals returned to their natural rhythms, and plants shed their grotesque forms, embracing their original beauty. Though the battle had been won, I knew that my duty as a park ranger and protector was far from over. I would remain vigilant, ensuring that the promise I made to the elemental force was upheld. The forest would be kept safe, its secrets guarded from those who sought to exploit its wonders. And so, as the sun cast its warm glow upon the towering hinds, I strummed my guitar once more, my melodies mingling with the gentle whispers of the forest. It was a tribute to the enduring harmony between man and nature, a testament to the power of love and determination in the face of untamed forces. Camping with my mom, my little siblings, and my mom's boyfriend at the time. My mom went off with her boyfriend said they'd be right back. An hour or so later, me and my little siblings are sitting around the campfire joking around, and our mom still hasn't returned yet. We see a police helicopter with its searchlight flying over us and hear cop sirens in the distance. In seeing this, I stupidly say as a joke, they're probably looking for mom. We all laugh. Another hour or so later... Our mom and her boyfriend still haven't returned, and then several officers pull up into our camp spot. Me, being the only adult at the time in our group, gets pulled aside by the officers and told that our mom and her boyfriend were just arrested for grand theft auto. They do a quick search of our camp and head out. I then, being only 18 or 19, I think, suddenly have temporary custody of my little siblings while my mom was in jail. Yup. Me, 15 at the time, some of my classmates and two teachers hiked 10 kilometers into the Swedish wilderness. 
We set up camp beside a lake, and on the other side of the lake was a some kind of mansion that looked abandoned. We slept under tarps, and in the middle of the night, a loud boom goes off, and it's pitch black, and I'm super scared. My mind instantly thought, Some old mansion owner has hiked through the woods to our side and brought his rifle. We're all gonna die out here in the dark woods. My friend calmed me down eventually, and I managed to get some sleep. Turned out that the loud bang was one of our black sheep. Classmate who made a small, explosive slash banger just to F with us. Deep in and off trail. Up and out to pee around 2 a.m., new moon. See what looked like lantern light maybe 200 feet away. No sounds. I stood still and watched. It moved very slowly, and I couldn't tell if toward me or not. Crawled back in tent to get a torch and my knife. Stepped back out, and it was gone. That was horrible feeling. Turning on the torch kind of made me more creeped out. Nothing happened, but I didn't sleep after that, and I heard every damn tiny sound. All OL. Checked around in the morning and found nothing to speak of. I know the likelihood of danger from another human is low, but the fear got the better of me that night. I still question if I handled it well, should I have called out right away. I've only occasionally run into other hikers deep in, but mostly near trails. This particular time I was very remote and seemed very unlikely to be another hiker. Oh well. One. 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 I saw a Bigfoot cross a dirt road in northern Michigan on Sunday, May 23rd, 2020. One at 3 p.m. in broad daylight in the Manistee National Forest. It was eight feet tall, with light gray fur and extremely thin. It was crouched down on all fours, then stood straight up and crossed the road in three huge steps into the pine woods and disappeared. I had six kids with me who witnessed also. Long arms, hands swung below knees, slightly hunched forward. No visible ears, short neck. Our hunting buddy also witnessed one walking through the woods on the opening day of gun hunting. We've heard wood knocks and banging on our cabin at night. Lots of activity in Michigan. This occurred in April 2018 when I was living in Escondido, California. One night around 3.30 a.m. I experienced sleep paralysis. I could not move. I was frozen. It started to get quiet and I lived next to a freeway. The windows are always open so it's loud. I am curious about how they always find me. The last house was a nightmare. It's been very quiet here for about one year. There is a sound that is hard to explain. My ears popped. There is a small sonic boom and crackle with it, followed by, well, I guess the only way to put it, is hearing a ringing of deafening proportion. They must have been around all day. You know when they are there because they glimmer. They sparkle. Like a flash of light. I was seeing them all that morning walking around the property. You can call me crazy all you want, but when you have been dealing with this like I have since I was a child, you start to recognize certain glitches, so to speak. Static in the air, but it is just so draining. I can't move. It's as if you dimmed the night more, if that is even possible to imagine. I can feel myself slipping away. The feeling is like someone drugged you with a huge sleep sedative 
full force sleep paralysis. They use this tactic all the time. Most can't handle it, so they give in or get stuck in the end. Between stages, I like to call it, where you are completely frozen, but still aware of your surroundings. The buzzing is starting to fade, but the feeling this time is so strong, almost angry. It's building. The rage. Fight or flight is kicking in. An overwhelming sense of awareness is hovering over me. Short sparkles followed by a huge shadow start to appear. I can finally start to see but get dizzy. My eyes are starting to focus on what it is that I was seeing. Then, there it was. As I looked up out of bed, it was a tall, red, slender, toned body. Very fleshy looking. Reptilian around the head, but also had a very normal depiction of what a grey alien would look like. Humanoid body. Five fingers, but they were very long followed by the last two being shorter. Eight feet tall, easy. Black eyes. The strangest thing is I wasn't scared, but more worried about the look on its face when it realized I could see it. Stood there forever, is what it felt like. Then it raised its hand and pointed it at me. I started to feel so weak and tired. It walked over to me, and with every step it made, I fell back slower and lower on the bed until it was directly on top of me, its hand still outward stretched at my head. I was now looking straight up at it. Red face with giant black eyes staring me down. The jawline and cheeks were so defined, very humanoid. But the brow line is what got me. Everything is very emotionless with it. But the facial expression it made was very aware of me noticing it. I don't think it expected that I was going to see it. It did something to me. Whatever it does when they first appear is how it felt at that moment. This thing fought to put me down. You could see it on its face. The strange part, there was no fear of it. More like a comfortable friend. You could always count on being there for you in any situation. Just very calm. Trust me, I know it sounds ridiculous, but for the first time in a long time, my eyes are wide open. And what's with the number 33? It always has to do with 33. They always come or give signs at 33 on the clock, no matter the time of night. They usually come at 3.30 or 1.30. Three in the morning. 